being recorded. Welcome to a very special episode of the Eric Anders Lang Show. We're here, uh, well, we're not here anywhere. We're here with two of my favorite friends in golf, uh, Ashley Mayo and Tisha Allen. But we're not all here. I'm in Korea. Where are you guys? You're on my laptop. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> you're here. And Tisha, you're here too. I'm in New York City, though, physically. Virtually, we're all together. Virtually, we're all together. And I'm in California. I'm in Southern California. Um, thanks to the WebEx technology from Cisco, we're all paired together. Ashley, can I just, for, we're on a video chat here, and your house looks like a movie set. It looks like you're on the set of <laughs> Friends or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you've been here. I, I don't think. Maybe the WebEx, thank you, Cisco, makes it look a little bigger <laughs> than it actually is. But it is a charming little, you know, apartment in the Upper East Side here in Manhattan. <laughs> I love it. It's a place I call home. My first thought, we're, we're going to dig into uh, a lot of the great topics that uh, we've all considered, I think, golf and technology and how the future of golf will respond to innovation and Ashley, you've got Jonesy over there who's, let me, let me see, he is October uh, 22nd. This right? He's 46 <laughs> days old. Days? Wow, that's an interesting way to count it. It, it. He's eight weeks old, eight weeks and one day. I was three days off. Okay, so he's 49 days old. Okay. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> anyway, Jonesy here yeah. is, uh, you know, he's going to experience a future and um, I guess, Tisha, you and I, this isn't something we've talked about, so I'm excited to hear your thoughts on all of this stuff. Um, but my first thought is, this is a fun hang. I've, have you guys <laughs> done this kind of video chat before? I'm so into this. Not this yeah. wide apart. Um, the only kind of actual podcasts I've ever recorded are by phone. Never been actually able to see someone if I'm not in the same room with them. So, I mean, I really do feel like I'm in the same room with you guys. And it's pretty cool. Eric, you're like 13 hours ahead of us, or no, 13 hours ahead of me, 15 hours ahead of Tisha. I'm three hours ahead of Tisha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is really cool. This is really cool. Yeah. yeah. It is. I am thousands and thousands of miles away. You are. Dark. Okay, well, we can dig into all that later, but first off, uh, Tisha, why don't you go first and, you know, when you think about um, the intersection of technology and golf, what, what comes to your mind? Like, it's a pretty broad subject, and you have, uh, you know, a wonderful, you know, kind of golf life, and you've experienced a lot of things, and you've been to a lot of places. Can you talk a little bit about that, technology and golf? Well, for me, technology and golf is basically my career. It's basically my life. So without technology, without the combination, I wouldn't essentially be employed. So it is very important to me. And I think it's just golf now is keeping up with the times in terms of the way you have to distribute uh, news, distribute golf, distribute each of these players. And I think that it's really important to be timely. And this is a way for us to do that and to deliver news in such a different way. Like essentially what I do as a golf media personality is what we'll call it, is I'm able to go to these <laughs> tournaments and- Are you, is, is that an intentional, you, 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 there was a little joke there. What was that joke? 
It's because it's like, like, you know, like when Uber drivers ask me what I do, I never really know what to tell them. So I say golf media personality, then they ask more details, then I say influencer, and then we get nowhere. I'm just there for much longer. You guys know what I do. So I essentially try and build up the game of golf through the means of social media and different platforms so digitally in all different ways, whether it's I'm going to a tournament for a sponsor, I'm going to help a network, whatever it is, I'm there to just show golf through my eyes. And my goal all the time is to always make it look fun. And so that's why to me, technology is extremely important um, in golf, because it's the fastest way to grab another viewer's attention. And it's like, especially for social media specifically, it's like, we each have our own little TV channel. Like, you know, like we it's like you hop on Tisha's channel. And it's like, Oh, I get to see this today. I hop on Ashley's channel. And it's like, I get to see the baby today. And I get to see her bring the baby on the course. And that's really cool. <laughs> and then Eric is over here telling a ton of different stories that just capture the audience in a different way. Like we are able to make this impact because of technology. So that's that in a nutshell. I agree. I think that work is super critical. Super. Sorry, Eric, were you going to say something? I was just going to talk for like 12 seconds and then talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so you beat me to it. <laughs> Word fun is so critical, and I think it permeates um, across many different industries and sectors within what we're talking about, which is golf and technology. Um, Tisha touched on a lot of them, but I also think that technology is impacting the way we watch golf on TV. Um, you know, now we see, let's say PGA Tour Pro X is standing over a putt and he's putting on bent grass, uh, downhill, left to right. Um, a ten now we can see through the uh, invention of Shotlink what his make percentage is. And that's so much fun, you know, and, and then that will evolve into and I think that's the next thing that we're going to see with golf is um, the, you know, the opportunity to really uh, place bets and gamble um, on, on golf in real time, which is only possible with technology and specifically Shotlink. Yeah, and that's the craziest thing is when you look at, like, I don't know, like, golf maybe of all of the sports, it's the oldest, am I right? Like, I'm, I'm, we're all struggling. Oh, yeah. We're shrugging, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it's pretty old. Pretty old. I don't even know. That's right. <laughs> I've heard of it. I've heard it takes days. You know, golf, and, and as well, I think you know, it's so funny because the cool thing about golf is kind of that it's so old, right? I mean, you go to these old places. You know, uh, Tisha, what's the oldest course you've ever been to? Ever been to? Gosh, I don't know. I, I would. I don't even know. How old is Augusta? That's the first thing that comes to mind. Thirties, nineteen twenties. Oh, that has to be up there. <laughs> okay, so almost a hundred-year-old sporting venue, and yet Augusta's the Masters is a great example of technology. I mean, actually, you and I have roamed the media center and seen the trajectory of technology has changed all these things. Um, Interestingly, though, when you look at Augusta, no cell phones allowed. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like when you look at technology, it's like, I think when we look at the ideas moving forward and how we're going to, you know, affect a change for positive, it's like, how can these technological aspects 
move us into a place of further connecting with our game, with the people around us, with our own performance. I mean, you know, the idea of shot, like, like I would love to have that for my own game. You know what I mean? To really, and I know that there are, there are, get it, but I mean, I, I actually remember when you and I played um, at the Pebble prior to the U.S. Open. Um, the biggest takeaway was at the end when Chris uh, Mason, the uh, swing coach who we were working with that day, said, do you want to know your stats? And I said, ah, I mean, I know my stats. I shot 90. We're good. And <laughs> yeah. He was like, no, no, I can tell you some, some takeaways. And I was like, okay, cool. And he was like, every iron you missed left and every driver you missed right. And uh, chips were all long. I was like, oh, wow. So then literally I went out and the next day I shot 74 because I had access to that information. And that's not necessarily that that anecdote isn't necessarily technological, but it could be on, if you don't have the benefit of being with someone like Chris. Yeah. Um, Tisha, have you, you know, you're, you're an accomplished player. What's your, do you keep a handicap these days? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not as up to date as before. So my handicap when I was playing professional was, I think, a plus 1.4. And then now I haven't really kept it up to date, but considering all of like the, you know, the charity events that I play, I try my best to say it's a lot higher so that people don't sandbag me. So, so there's that. But, but when I was competing and even, even now when I just want to see just like what you were saying, kind of where my game is at, I think the technology used just to be able to keep your stats like that is so essential. And if you ask probably every single tour player, every single tour player carries their stats, whether it's by hand or they'll use an app or they'll use something. But it's so important to have that when you're trying to develop your game in every aspect, whether it's you want to, you know, use a means of technology for sending your swing videos to your coach and you want to send your stats that can be all done in like one app now, which is really cool. And and all things like that. So for me. Yeah. Yeah, V1 app, and um, there's another, there's another, there's a few teaching apps now, like Skillist, I think, and um, Skillist is awesome. Yeah, and and you can actually find your coach on there. You could you could look through coaches, oh, really? I believe. Yeah, and you can, they, you don't need to be, you don't actually have to take lessons in person anymore if you really so don't you want to. The swing video, they receive it, and then they basically draw the lines and record audio back to you of what uh, you should work on or drill. Yeah, I believe so. And I think you can actually find a specific coach, too, if they're available to you or if you want to go find an in-person lesson. I think it can help you find a nearest coach to you. So there's just a lot of a lot of things you could do now. A lot, golf is becoming, in my opinion, easier thanks to all this tech-savvy stuff. Text is another one like where you can virtually your swing to a coach and get mm. feedback and, and really kind of that coach in a hardcore way so there's there's a few of them out there um and i think your phones also um going back to Shotlink for your own game um two that come to mind are arcos where you know you put little have you guys heard of it totally yeah, yeah. little sensors on each of your clubs and you don't have to track anything now it's automatic um and, and it tracks the app tracks the entire round um, and then also Golf Logics. Um, I don't know if you guys have downloaded Golf Logics recently or used um, only app that. In full disclosure, like I, I do work with them. <laughs> They're one of the companies that I work with um, and and help oversee. But 
It's the only app that maps that has mapped every green on like 15,000 courses in the US. So even before I, I love to use it on courses that I've never played. So in approach shots, I know where to, you know, you know how the pros, they kind of study that sort of thing during the practice rounds where they know where to hit on the greens and what part of the green to avoid because it slopes this way and that way, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so golf logics tells me that when I play a course that I've never played before. Um, and, and it's so cool to have that kind of bird's eye view. And then you can kind of tilt down and look all around and just know exactly how the green moves before you even see it with your own eyes. So there, and there's just so many apps out there and sources really arm you with information that is eye-opening. And I think I'm kind of one of the more throwback golfers. Like I love, you know, a single strap, you know, um, I love walking. I love playing just nine. Um, but I still also every now and then love introducing that into my game um, because it is fun. Uh, is first of all, two things, Ash, like I was playing golf yesterday and I was like, where is the pin on the green? Because I can't see anything and I have no idea. And I love my rangefinder, but where is the pin on the green? Right. And like no one knew, no one had a pin sheet. The 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 yardage book doesn't tell you anything about where the pin is. And multiple times I had like 98 yards in. Turns out the pin was one yard off the back of the green. So was my ball. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That sounds really interesting. The golf logics. I'm definitely going to try that. Is it free or do you have to pay for it? Yeah, it's free. Um, there is a free version and then you can pay, a, you know, tiers at certain perks and putt line is the feature that I'm talking about. And you do have to pay for that. Um, it's, it's so cheap. These, these apps are so worth it. As they say, take my money. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. For golf, the, take it. The, the Arcos <laughs> thing is great. I didn't use Arcos. I used Game Golf, which is basically the same thing. And mm. you would just tap it and it would mark your shot and you could see where your misses were, how long your drives were. And honestly, part of me is thinking, like, maybe I'm going to get back into that because I have been finding myself a bit, you know, struggling a little bit with my own game and the concept of having more insight into because it's like, a round of golf is four hours, but it's also like a 29-hour journey through your inner caves of your mind <laughs> and your feelings. So yes. it's easy to just forget the stats and like and just sort of like, oh, you know, it's 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 easy to walk away and just be like, well, I didn't play that well, but yet we're making the same mistakes over and over again. And technology that which is it's sort of ironic that we're th so smart to come up with the idea for this technology and we're so smart to create golf and create airplanes, but yet we can't remember that I always miss right. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need something. We need this to tell us that. <laughs> or like back in the day when I actually would go to Kinko's and, you know, create a little booklet, a stat keeping booklet. Tisha, oh, you did you did. ever do that or no? Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that was like when I was really playing, playing, because I felt like that was a necessity. And also just handwriting just kind of, you know, it helps you memorize a lot better, too. But I also didn't really have that technology uh, at that moment. So, yeah, I know your feels.
The phone is where it's at now. Tisha, you've uh, you've been to a lot of golf tournaments. Um, yes. Would you say? Uh, do you have any experiences that have stuck out to you as far as technology enhancing the fan experience? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, there's been so much. I feel like golf is so different now. Just literally in the last couple of years, especially with the growth of of using digital platforms and stuff, because now you're able, like I, like I've been saying, it's like, you're able to see this, these news delivered so quickly and in the eyes of so many different people, like, let's say, I think what's really cool. And I don't know if you guys ever really use hashtags, right. But it's like, let's say it's a waste management, one of the craziest tournaments, right. And you want to see what's going on. You want to see the crazy stuff, maybe the stuff you won't see on TV, and if you look up a hashtag that's trending for this event, you can actually see everything that's, everything that's happening from any user that is going online and posting it. And you could do the same on Twitter. You could do the same on TikTok now. So there's just there's just so much in all these tournaments and using technology. But, you know, I think, I mean, coincidentally, um, now that Cisco is, is in partnership with USGA, one of the biggest tournaments that really stuck out to me in, in terms of innovation and the way everything is trending is that now there's Wi-Fi on the course. And I think that that was so huge at the U.S. Open. And it's such a and now I'm sure it's going to be a trend. I'm sure every tournament is going to want to have a huge form of Wi-Fi. But like the first like ask anyone that's like 21 and under, what's the first question they're going to ask you when they walk into the room? What's the Wi-Fi password? How do I get connected? What am I going to do? And when you're in a place where there's just such big crowds and you use like a normal, you know, your typical AT&T or your network, it, it's just not going to work as fast as, as Wi-Fi. And the fact that Cisco was able to provide that for a major event, uh, which also provided means of like navigating to the players, watching these players shots, knowing how to find the holes and stuff, which if no one has been to Pebble Beach, they don't realize that some of the holes don't go back. You just keep going further away. So um, I think so to me personally, besides the you know big tournaments like waste management, it, it's well known because all this crazy stuff happens and it's always documented. To me, the U.S. Open was a really big event because if I didn't have Wi-Fi first on the course or a form of navigation, I would have been so lost for everything that I needed to grasp. Like I was, I was doing a task for Fox Sports and I needed to find players. I needed to find the holes. I needed to get things like within seconds. And if I was late, then it, it couldn't go up. So that to me was a really big deal. Yeah, that Wi-Fi was insanely fast. I'm, I'm a bit of a Wi-Fi aficionado, Wi-Fi junkie, Wi-Fi sommelier, whatever. But like anytime I go to a hotel or a restaurant or anywhere, like I'll just check the Wi-Fi. I don't even need it, but I just want to know what speeds we're rocking. And um, the we we had to upload footage from Pebble uh, for this video that right. we're making. And I mean, I'm talking hundred gigs, and I literally the fastest place was right under the tree on 18. So I literally <laughs> pulled my laptop out Bad of place to be. Not bad. Like I literally pulled my laptop out of the media center and out of my hotel and out of wherever the clubhouse and went to the tree and just uploaded straight to the U.S. Open Wi-Fi. And it, I mean, it was like I'm probably just going to go to USGA events and work from there from now on. Because, it's so fast. because during the week of the Masters, I convinced myself that phoneless is such a pleasure. You know, it's so charming. It's the best thing, right. a blessing in disguise. 
But then during those weeks, like the US Open, where you know the Wi-Fi is just powered by Cisco and the strongest thing ever, it is a godsend. <laughs> and that is really the best way to watch, you know, because I've always said golf is one of the worst spectator sports, really. Like if you think about it, you're either you have two options. One, you can sit on a hole, like by a green, and just watch players filter through. But then you're really not attached to a certain group or you don't really know what's happening outside of that little bubble. Or two, same problem, you can follow a, four, a pairing. You can follow just one pairing and you know kind of track that progress. Again, you don't really know what's going on outside of that pairing. But when you do have you know that Wi-Fi at your fingertips or the technology that's apparent at where you're out there in the fresh air watching golf live and in person and breathing that very connected. Um, I, I think it'll become golf will become much more of a spectator friendly sport uh, with you know, the advent of greater technology and all of these bells and whistles and it's going to be so, it's going to drive people to those events. I think Agreed. Yeah. I uh, I um... I agree completely. And it's funny, actually, to go back to the U.S. Open and another, you know, two thumbs up to Cisco for like, I don't know how they made it happen. But you mentioned that, Tisha, a lot for work, being able to basically tell the app where you are and well, it automatically knew and what players I wanted to go see and how to get there. Like, that's not easy. And actually, I was just at a tournament and I was like, all right, fourth hole, go back to the clubhouse. And I walked probably half a mile in the wrong direction because on the map, it looked like there was a path that I could get to on this routing. And I got there and they said, no, no, that doesn't go to the clubhouse. And I was like, oh, you, you, it's so easy to get accustomed to a new standard of, you know, information or, you know, I mean, honestly, that's hospitality really is, is having an app to tell you, all right. Justin Thomas is, well, he's 0.8 miles away, and this is the only way to get there, and you got to zigzag around, and here's the car path. That was that was something I'd never seen, and I never knew badly I wanted it until a few months later when I didn't. Literally. I, I now remember that. I remember it saying, Tiger Woods is on the driving range. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> or Justin Thomas is on the practice putting green. Uh, yeah, that was that, that was, was really cool. cool. I think that was the first year that that was available. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That was fantastic. Um, I think you know when you know Ashley, you you have a forty nine day old son. You had you probably haven't had much time to breathe, but have you had time to dream about like? what his golf will be like and how much technology will be deeply infused into his game? I haven't had time to think about golf specifically, but I've always said Jones, my son, will probably never learn how to drive a car because by the time he's 16 or 17, we're going to go, you know, driverless and, you know, Tesla life. Hello, Eric. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> You're living that Tesla life. <laughs> I think that in in 15 years, certainly, the way we experience driving now is going to be like the way our parents learned how to drive on um, a manual, 
and you know with the shift and all that i've never had to learn that i've always driven an automatic car and so i think you know that's going to be the big shift is he is never going to learn how to drive a car now in terms of golf what will that look like you know a lot of times i think about the future of golf and i think more in terms of the fact that a four-hour round um, five-hour round or five-hour experience really less and less of a place in our lives. And I think certainly that's going to be even more so the case in 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, three whole rounds, six whole rounds, nine whole rounds are going to be um, far more common. Part three courses, executive courses, whether we even call them executive anymore is totally going to be up for debate. I think they're just going to be golf courses. Um, and then the whole top golf experience and driving range experience, I think that's going to be, well, that's already counted as golf. You know, the National Golf Foundation counts 10 minutes at top golf as a golf experience, which is oh. awesome. And I think they only started doing that like two, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Noted. So as, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's so true. And it's so right on because, you know, if I were to go in New York City, pick up basketball games are very popular. Um, And if, you know, Jeff were, my husband were to go and just a half court one-on-one for 30 minutes, random game, he would come home and say, I played basketball this afternoon and it was awesome. He wouldn't have to qualify it by saying, I played half court, I played one-on-one. I played only for 10 minutes, you know, he, he played basketball. Um, and I think we're going to see that, or we're already seeing it with golf. But in terms of, I guess, technology is part of that insofar as the driving range experience and top golf and like the fact that they're able to provide such a fun virtual experience, but in very much real life, very real life way. Um, And then also the fact that on our phones, we're able to see the greens well before we even experience them in real time or with our own eyes or our own feet. That's, that's really cool. But yeah, I haven't really sat back and thought, wow, how different is golf going to be for Jones in 15 years? And, you know, now that I think about it, I think it's really not going to be that different. You know, it's it's going to be golf. He's going to be carrying his clubs and walking, you know, reading putts. Um, but it will be different insofar as he might be able to play with you, Eric, in Korea when he's in the Bronx. You know, and, and sure. technology might be able to, you know, foster that sort of competition. He might be able to dance with you, Tisha. <laughs> That would be so cute. That would make my life. <laughs> you know, I, I think it might, I think technology might be able to bring people from all over together in a way. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really cool. But obviously it, it'll also help them track their games and, you know, bet on golf and um, watch golf in a very different way. Well, all those things that we talked about before. No, it's so interesting because you're totally right. I mean, that world is going to be completely different. I do still see golf as a very simple game. Um, and I'm not really the technological dreamer that I would like to be. I, I would probably have a lot more billions of dollars. But I, I look at my own golf experience going from 
taking lessons to like watching a YouTube video about a lesson and then cut to like this year I did this, uh, you know, motion capture uh, club fitting experience at the King. And I was thinking about it because they had it at TrueSpec, where I was at last night. They just opened a TrueSpec in uh, in Seoul, in Korea here. And basically, it's like you put these dots all over your body <clears throat> and take a... crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. You take a golf swing, and then on the computer, they're literally able to model your golf swing on a mannequin. And then they can okay. put that inside of anybody else's golf swing that they already have. Like, well, in my experience, Johnson. Yeah, so I mean, and that's just like, I've only been playing golf for eight years, so I can't imagine in 20, you know, it's, it, you know, we, we've, with technology helping the fan experience, the television experience, the, the storytelling experience of our lives as media members and journalists and producers, but, you know, we, we kind of looked over one of the biggest parts of technology, which is right, equipment and, and, and how it's going to that I mean, at some point, you know, obviously the USGA and the RNA have made rules about you know not letting people get too far ahead of themselves. But Tisha, you know, when you were getting fit for your clubs as a you know high level athlete, mm -hmm. what, what did, did anything surprise you in the technological process of selecting the right set of clubs? Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget. And I think I mean technology in terms of golf clubs, it's always moving moving fast, but I don't think that in the last five years, it's incredibly different in terms of the fitting process. But my first set um, coming out of college and turning professional was a Callaway set. And, and I got fitted at the Callaway Center. I got to go out to that back range. I got to see it all. And I remember thinking, you know, I, I don't know what more these golf clubs are going to be able to do for me. <clears throat> coming from my set while I was at university, I had lead tape on the back of my clubs. I have such a wonky body. Like I have, I'm like, I'm five, five really long arms. I'm not sure how long they are. It's distorted. I don't know what's going on there, but my clubs need to be two inches shorter and my club heads need to be um, two degrees flatter. And so that was always my thing. And I always said, I don't know what company is going to do this for me. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to make my clubs fit for me. I just usually have to throw lead tape, which for those of you who don't know, lead tape helps put more weight on the club head. I don't like putting weight in the shaft because I then can't feel the club head. So I just throw tape on it. My clubs look really janky. And it was a means of me being able to kind of just hold my swing together. So when I, when I went to Callaway, Firstly, the first time I was ever like on a TrackMan sort of system, I think their system is different um, for their formal fittings, but it was just so informative. Like just knowing exactly where your path is, your impact point, um, center of gravity, all that stuff was so mind-blowing to me that I actually became obsessive over it during my professional career because it, it actually helped me so much self-correct my golf swing when I was on the course. But going back to, um, you know, technology and in terms of uh, golf clubs, I thought that every moving part of the fitting process was very cool. Even going from your putter to your wedges and everything, it's a different fitting process. And even I remember when I first saw, you guys know what an iron, iron, iron Byron is? It's a... What, in action? Yeah. It's a, little, it's a legit a machine. I mean, like, it, it doesn't get more perfect than that and I remember first seeing that and I was like wow 
this is rad. This is why you can figure out what, what, what clubs are doing right or wrong because you have a machine that's probably as perfect as possible, you know? And so to me, I think, I think it's really cool when you actually go into a fitting and you, and you ask questions about what is going on in the process. You get to learn so much, not only about your clubs, but also just the way your swing works with your equipment. It's a huge part of the process. That's what I always say, you know, true spec, going back to that opening last night in, in Seoul, they have, there's like 18 true specs in the U.S. as well. And always tell people, even if you're, you know, not willing to pay for, you know, a full set of clubs or you're not ready for a new set or even a new driver, pay for just the fitting experience because a, a couple hours, you can try out all sorts of drivers with all sorts of shafts and they, they're able to mix and match um, a whole bunch of different combinations because they have this kind of connector um, that it's a, it's a hosel that connects all, all the shafts to all the heads. Right. So they're able to build clubs in real time. Um, and the experience is just awesome. I mean, it's eye-opening how much a shaft matters or a club right. head matters. And, um, before you, if you haven't actually done that, you really can't grasp it. Um, so that that also is a technologically, you know, a technological advancement um, and a step forward for all of us. I think uh, I was blown away with how much it actually affected my game and my scores. I mean, right. I did not want to believe that that was a big difference, but it four strokes on my handicap. No yeah. joke. Yeah. I was about an 8.7 and now I'm a 4.9 or something. Nice. And I, I've obviously. Nine or something. Not really keeping. <laughs> 4.92 or something. <laughs> my 4.7. Um, let me actually, let's just check. What's Ash, but you don't keep a handicap, Ash. What, what do you do? I keep score. I, if I play with else who wants to keep my score i'm all about it <laughs> but for me the last thing nice 4.8 well, yeah I can do the 100 guys it's still possible <laughs> um, sorry go ahead ash the last thing i want to do when i step off a of green is think about what i shot on that hole um i i would rather think about so many other things um you know just kind of the views or jokes that were said or you know looking forward to the next tee shot or just being in the moment um you know just the the thought of taking out my scorecard writing down a score or you know putting it into an app like a golf logics or an arcos or anything i don't know it, it's not something that i want to bother with but mm -hmm. if someone else wants to keep my score <laughs> so be it i'm all about it <laughs> A lot of times they'll tell me what I shot after the round. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Actually, the the game golf and the Arcos, they keep your score for you. And they're not usually that wrong. No, no. Especially with Arcos. I mean, if you put a sensor on every one of your clubs, mm -hmm. it'll keep your score. Um, and then after your round, you can see, like, on a map view where you hit every shot. It's, it, it's really cool. Um, and that's the kind of thing that I would do. It doesn't require me taking my pencil and a scorecard and writing down my score. You know what? I think that maybe the biggest thing that come out of this podcast is that I'm going to 
dig deep into the tech world to improve my game. Like I'm going to try as hard as I can. I'm going to include every bit of technology into the game and see. I mean, I would love to shave off another two strokes. That would be fantastic. Um, I think we. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, someone asked you how, what are some affordable versions of TrackMan? That was uh, one of your Instagram questions. Yes. Right? Were you just going to go to that? Uh, I was going to go to uh, that. The, the question from Trevor Clark when during the US Open, we asked a bunch of questions. He said, um, I'm sorry, not Trevor, Trevor Clark, uh, B. Witta. Make TrackMan style technology affordable and available to all. And I mean, that would be impressive. Mm -hmm. This is a couple that I, I know of right off the bat and them I've used um, at length. And the other one I've heard of through the, the guys at TrueSpec. So I totally believe anything that they kind of back because they are, they work with TrackMan more than anything. So for right. them to say this is like TrackMan, but portable, mm -hmm. I, I take their word. Um, the first one is GC2. So I've used that one. Okay. Um, it's Game Changer, called the Game Changer. And it, it almost looks like um, like a shoebox. And you open it up and, uh, and place it kind of, it tells you where to place it, but you place it in front of your ball. Well, not in front. So if I'm taking my stance, it's like ahead of, it's on top of my ball, north. It's at noon. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's toward the noon, not, not toward the target. Um, so point it. Well, then, but Ash, uh, I'm, I just Googled it. It's $5,000 for a used one. $5,000. It's not $25,000. cheaper than, than a track, man. But still, it's like $5,500 for a used one, and they're sold out. But anyway, okay, how much is the new one? So here's an even more affordable one. $9,500. Okay, what's the other one? Soto. It's called the Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor. $480. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, now we're talking. On Amazon. Amazon Prime. Wow, <laughs> now we're talking. It uses yeah. your phone's camera to give you the data, a lot of the data that TrackMan does. And this is the one that the guys at TrueSpec are in love with. And so for them to say that it's accurate, I mean, those guys live and die by TrackMan. You know, they, they're on TrackMan all the time. That's how they gather their information. They love this Rapsodo. I haven't tried it personally, but it looks awesome. You just kind of place your phone in this little dock yeah. and place it behind your swing. Go nuts, swing away, and then it gives you all the data. You know what's really interesting about it? I'm on the website right now. I've never heard of it. Um, it's not marketed to golf in any way. It's baseball and softball. Um, so that's actually really so into it. That's neat. Wait, so <laughs> is that able to uh, like show you your swing path and where you hit it on the club face and all that stuff? I uh, TBD. I have no idea. TBD. I am not sure, but it, all I know is that it gives you a lot of data for every shot. I'm not sure exactly what data. Well, that's neat. That's really cool. I think that's, and I think for the, for those who are listening, and and TrackMan is how much is it, you guys? Like twenty five thousand dollars at minimum. If you like can get that. the, you can it could be double depending on what you want in it. But like the reason why TrackMan is also really expensive is because it's a military 
advice. And so, and, it, and it's, it's geared to track everything by your golf ball and not just the prediction of your swing. So other monitors, I believe like FlightScope and um, other brands that you can possibly think of, it'll take your swing and kind of make a very accurate guess, I suppose you could say, on on the way you've swung your club, and then it'll give you the numbers. But I think TrackMan, the difference between TrackMan and the other brands is that it actually um, detects your ball in some capacity and also um, tracks your swing at the same time. So for anyone who's trying to find um, something that shows those same numbers, it for to find to be able to find numbers that show where you hit it on the face, path, and all those things, club angle, everything, dynamic loft, it's, I think it's fair to find something that's a little pricier, but if you're looking for something that can just help you, let's say, get an average distance so that you know how far each club is going and stuff like that, you could even use Arcos for that. It can track every single club that you've hit in your bag through a round and tell you at the very end how you've done. So I think it really depends on what you're looking for. Okay. Uh, you were talking, Tisha. I dug into the Rapsoda thing here. Apparently, it gives you everything. Huh. Club head speed, ball speed, distance, angle of attack, club path, face angle, um, wow. launch angle, spin, side spin, back. I got to be honest. Like, this podcast is brought to you by none other than Cisco. <laughs> all, of these other, all of these other products are, are really exciting, and we're talking about them genuinely, authentically, from a curious golfer and journalistic perspective. I am about to some new world with my golf game. Totally. I mean, I'm pretty excited. I don't know. I know. Are you the monster, Tisha? <laughs> I think so. I hope your handicap like goes down. I feel like we have. I am so excited to uh, <laughs> dig in. This this is cool. I'm I'm that we uh, literally talked about everything. Sorry, I'm distracted. Okay, I can do the cream in the coffee. Thanks. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Next, um, virtual reality putting services showing break and speed. That's from Trevor Clark. I. I think on some level, you know, we've both spent a lot of time with PGA Tour, LPGA Tour mm -hmm. golfers. And for me, the biggest takeaway with their ability is that they can read putts and know mm -hmm. the break. Do you guys have that same experience as far as being a big barrier to score as far as the break? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, in general, putting, I feel like is, and people say this all the time, that putting is definitely one of the biggest things that separate a good golfer from a great golfer but also what makes a good putter is being able to see these greens like no one else can and so I can't say that I was an expert reader when I was trying to make it on tour which is also why I'm sitting before you guys now as a golf media personality <laughs> but that is okay I commend all the girls on all the guys on tour but yes, Eric, the point is, is that I totally agree with you that reading is a very, very important part. Full Swing has that awesome putting green. That's another, you know, $25,000 purchase. But <laughs> if you have that kind of cash just in your pockets. <laughs> um, but it's this really cool. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, I've been to Full Swing. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, they have a great office right there in your hood. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. So this putting green, you can you know, tell it break certain ways or to act like, you know, the 18th green at Pebble or this green at Augusta or whatever. And it'll, you can see it with your own eyes kind of change and morph. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> and cool. It's the coolest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually use it and it's, it's awesome, but it's a huge purchase. And I think it drives home the fact that putting is just incredibly important. Um, and it, to be able to practice it is huge. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I think one of the things that I really like is, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated by the industry leader, right. As far as like, you know, whatever the, the, the first technology to be available, early adoption from a consumer standpoint, very expensive, obviously. I'm all, I think that's really great. Um, but I'm also really into this idea of like, how can we give the people what they want at a price point that they can afford? Because, you know, I think we sometimes forget how much the game of golf is really not meant to have any barriers. When we look at, you know, <clears throat> I was, the reason why I'm in Korea is that we were invited to come down here and give a talk on, um, you know, really we had a pretty open canvas. So I wanted to talk about a random golf club and kind of what that means to me and to the people um, who apparently it means something to them as well. And it's not just, uh, it, it's not just a sort of a logo, right? We, we try to look at this as an idea and a way of playing golf. And we were digging through some of the research for the talk. I won't get into that, but 77% of all courses in America are public. And that's reflected also by the uh, golfers. The, there's, um, uh, seventy-eight percent of those golfers play public courses primarily, and so I love the idea when technology has gotten enough improvement and kind of case study to basically say, okay, let's make this available for everybody. And it's really cool, actually, to hear about these uh, individual consumer ideas that they can use. Um, it's so cool to think about the way golf tournaments can create a better user experience for going to visit there. Um, we got a couple more off the wall ideas that I thought I would throw out here. Um, um, yeah, I was just thinking about um, the augmented reality used in person. I don't even know if I totally understand this question from Sidehill Lie. Augmented reality used in person for spectators and real-time swing feedback. So, I don't even know, understand, augmented reality used in person. So, I think it's basically, we get to watch a pro swing from inside their own body or something? I don't know. Talking about professional golf, because that is kind of like what Golf Logics does, right? Where it's augmented reality, it's virtual reality. Mm -hmm. form of you can see the green on your phone whether you're standing on the green right then and there or if you're watching uh, the PGA Tour pro, pro guys play Pebble and Pebble is mapped on Golf Logics and you can see if they're on the 18th green you can see how their putt is going to break Whoa. If, if you just pull up your app yeah I actually did that at Shinnecock uh, at the U.S. Open last year, played around with it. It's the coolest thing as a spectator on my sofa, 
I was able to really understand what kind of putt those guys were facing. I wish I'd done it uh, when Phil <laughs> kind of putted it almost off the green, but then he stopped it. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. Um, oh, man. But, but even when we're playing, able to look at the green, which is 200 yards ahead of me, mm -hmm. I'm in the fairway and I'm trying to realize, okay, or understand, should I lay up here? Should I try to go for it there? Mm -hmm. That's kind of a virtual reality, or I, I don't know if it's considered augmented reality. I don't really know what the difference, total difference between AR and VR is. Mm -hmm. um, but I could see that kind of addressing his, his question. In a, in a little way. Yeah, I mean, I think in an ideal world, you would basically be standing there, like right next to him. Mm. Okay. Caddy, caddy view, just like be the caddy. That's actually a really good idea. That's that's gold. <laughs> um. So so kind of wrapping up here, we're um, we're uh, we're winding down. What when we look at the technology. And when we look at where everything can go, I think the three of us probably know pretty well what's the ultimate goal? What, what's the most important part of golf and of the player's experience and the fan's experience? What do we really need to make sure that we remember all the time? Because it's great to improve, and, and we've already clearly my biggest takeaway from this I'm going to go get a few small items and I'm going to grind <laughs> very soon. But you know, from like a, from like a fan and a player perspective, what do we really need to remember and, and focus on? What, what is the most important thing? Do you, do you, do we know that? Well, one word. Oh yeah. Go. Oh, well, what I was going to say is I think the most important thing moving forward as tech, like technology is going to change. Like, I don't know, we don't know how long these current digital platforms are going to last. We don't know what the new trend is going to be five years from now, 10 years from now, granted 20 years from now. But I think what's most important is that we consistently go back to trying to grow the game and, and grow with the changes. Because a lot of times I believe that, or from what I see, I think golf, always teeters from, but we want to be super traditional. We don't want to go with the change. Golf tends to be slower on the way society is changing. And I think it's important to, if you want to, we, we want to consider always trying to grow the game, do it in a fun manner and roll with the tides as the time goes on. I have kind of a one word, three letter answer to, to the question that you asked and it's fun. I think all of these things, the technology that's coming out, the way that we're adapting to golf, golf is adapting to us, they all culminate into helping golfers uh, have more fun. Totally. Uh, whether that means social media and being able to follow your favorite uh, professional golfers or your favorite uh, golf personalities um, or you know, betting and being able to bet and, and gamble in real time on Dustin Johnson's putt or, you know, keeping your own stats or understanding your own game much better and in more depth than you ever have. All these things we do because it'll help us have more fun in whatever capacity. And I think that's what technology is arming us with the ability to do. I think that's a great way to end this discussion. I mean, fun and adapting to the 
changing game and having fun with it. I mean, fun is really what I'm all about, Ashley. You know that. And I played a lot <laughs> of golf with you. Uh, you actually came up at a dinner the other night, Ashley. And I said, you know, what's great about her? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I said, what's, what's great about <laughs> Ashley is that. Um, Go on. <laughs> she's not going to let what happened on the whole change of the day. Oh, I like that. That's, that's <laughs> I need to learn that's that. Super key. I need, I need, I need to learn, to learn that. that. <laughs> I, I, I talk a big game about about all that stuff, but we just, you know, I mean, yeah. Get so competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great way to end this, though, is thinking about fun and thinking about, you know, even, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you've made it all the way to the end, first of all, thank you. Second of all, um, thank you, Ashley and Tisha, for joining me. But thank but you. if you're listening and you're sort of at some point in your golf game, you know, the striving for greatness is the point of golf. I do believe that. And and but but the real undercurrent, the, you know, that's the the striving for greatness is merely the wave. But underneath every wave is a massive ocean, and that's really where you have to get caught up in the experience, like you said, Ashley, of having fun. And you have to even remember that the waves are breaking this way and that, that underneath all of that is just merely your own experience of the game. And hopefully you have the ability to push that in the direction of fun. And hopefully the, the way that you interpret the game as a fan and as a player, uh, technology can help bring that fun to you. I mean, you know, like Tisha started off in the beginning. I mean, a big part of technology is in media creation and consumption. And I'm looking forward to new ways of creating media and, and you know, uh, being closer to you guys, to uh, whatever podcast or the shows. There are so many different ways of, like you said, actually getting at the ultimate goal, which is fun. So this has been fun for me. I hope it's been fun for you too and everybody listening. Oh, it's been so much fun. Most definitely. Awesome. Well, Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody listening for the Eric Anders Lang Show. Uh, and thank you so much, Cisco, for making this possible, uh, the webex technology. I had zero glitches, so that's exciting. Crystal <laughs> clear. Hollywood. I'm pretty sure you're both in Hollywood, but it's just made to look like your house. It's great. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't believe it. I'm in my mom's room right now, and I'm balancing the laptop on her bed, and it's the only blank <laughs> wall in the house. And if I stand up, I'm not... I have normal jeans on, but I thought I had pajamas on for a second. But, you know, you know the way it goes. So. Well, we're going to keep this a waste of podcast. Uh, it's a waste of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I assume both repeat guests on the Eric Anders Lang Show. Really, uh, thank you so much for coming out. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for listening. Good one. I don't even have a good outro. But anyway, thanks for listening. And goodbye from Korea, New York, and Los Angeles.